0: Hi there, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast with me, Russell Davis. How do you find your truth and what's true for you on this fertility journey when there's so much information and noise and overthinking and fear that contaminates our navigation system? How do you think your way to a moment of peace and clarity? Let's dive into that to explore your inner truth that's always there whether you hear it or not it's actually always there and it's your best navigation system if you like the podcast please do leave a review or rate it and subscribe to keep for updated or further episodes I've come outside again to record this episode. One of my favourite places, just looking over a, a valley. I'm so thankful it is just a few hundred yards from my front door. I'm looking over a typical English countryside, a green fields separated by hedges. Some cows in the fields I can see, some farmhouses. I'm looking down over a valley and up the other side. And you may be heard to hear birds in the background. You probably hear the wind and the trees. i like to give my production engineer, Jeremy, a little bit of challenge when I record them outside. He's an amazing, amazing production engineer. I love Jeremy very much. Um, I'm really appreciative of what he does in taking my my efforts and It's like a painted picture, and he puts a lovely frame around it. He, yeah, takes my sounds and makes them enjoyable to listen to. So thank you, Jeremy. So today we're looking at how to find your truth amongst the noise. I I don't believe in coincidences, and there's some noise, some wind noise. And i was really worried about that is it too much wind noise to record or not and sometimes we have too much noise in our heads to find our truth too much background noise in our heads to find our truth how do we find our truth and connect to our truth amongst the noise in our head and i can look back in my life and see how i've i struggled with that for so long i was a teenager. I do my A-levels and going to university and I decided I was going to do engineering and I thought maybe I could be sponsored. Um, sponsored means by basically a company, support you through university and you do some work for them either in a year off or in the summer. So you get some hands-on practical industry experience alongside your university course. And that can be really good to, to get a job and so, I applied to a few companies that offered this kind of sponsorship. I applied to different universities and I got accepted by two different companies. One required to working a year before going to university, the other, you just work in the summers. One was relocating to um, one of the cities where I was looking at university, one was staying in London, but moving to a different part of London. And I couldn't decide do I take the sponsorship, do I go straight to university? Which university do I go to? I've been offered two different places, and I just couldn't decide. So I decided to keep my options open. And it got to the stage, I remember the week, I had to make a decision. There were deadlines. I had to make a decision. I couldn't keep my options open any longer. And I was in tears, because I couldn't make a decision. I was so scared of making the wrong decision. It felt like one of the biggest decisions in my life. And I was terrified of making the wrong decision. I guess I was terrified of regret. And I'm quite an analytical thinker. And often we think our analytical thinking is like a badge of honour. We're proud of it. We're proud of how we work things through. Solve problems. And I hadn't realised at that time in my life. And I didn't realise until I was late 30s. to the midst of our fertility journey, one of the things I really learned was how... My analytical thinking is not as useful as I think it is. It's really not. You can't think your way to clarity. You can't justify heart-centered, soul-centered decisions. And nor should you need to. Nor should you need to. And your soul, your instinct, to call it your inner wisdom, your truth includes your knowledge, your internet. It's your intuition, it's... It's your wisdom. You don't make whimsical decisions from your instincts, from your soul. And I just couldn't hear it back then. I just couldn't hear it. And I think looking back, eventually I did just make that decision. Just what I felt my heart was saying. And, and, and I did find it, and I didn't have any regrets. And, but I went through so so such agony unnecessarily. Because I thought I had to work it out. I thought there was a right decision. And I couldn't make the right decision. Got to the deadline, I just had to make a decision. And again, some people say you're making a decision, any decision, is better than making no decision. But how do you find this still soft flute or wisdom or instinct of intuition within you? When you often have a brass band of thought in our head. And I think the first thing is to recognise that we don't need our logical thinking. Maybe if you were doing a Sudoku, maybe you do, but in life decisions you don't. You really don't. Your soul knows what you want. Your soul includes your knowledge, your intellect, your life experience. You rarely make a decision you regret when you trust your soul, when you trust your instinct. And I think it's recognising the nature of thought. That this thought, this busy mind, this brass band says, you need me, I keep you safe. You need me, I've created all your success up to now. Which is why I was so proud of my analytical thinking. So proud I, I was a thinker, I thought things through, I didn't make rash decisions and I considered things. But actually, I considered things far too much. I was a worrier. I was an overthinker. I was addicted to my thinking. I was addicted to my thinking. And I can slip back there from time to time. I can catch it more easily. There's a there's a set of questions you can ask to explore where you think you might be an alcoholic. I haven't got them with me, I wish I did, but it's interesting if you read those questions but replaced drinking from to thinking. It's actually quite apt. It's things like, do you often think alone? Does your thinking impact your family life? Does your, imp- does your thinking impact your work? And it's things like that, and I realised how actually I could answer yes for those, those questions, because my thinking stopped me being present. My thinking stopped me connecting to the ones I loved. My thinking actually made me less productive. I thought it made me more productive, but it actually didn't. I overworked things. I over things. I analyzed things that happened in the past unnecessarily. I was far less productive. I once had a coach that said to me, what if I can help you achieve more by doing less? I said, that'd be amazing. He said, what if I can help you do more and achieve more by doing nothing? I said, now you're just screwing my brain, it just doesn't compute. And what he meant was, when I get really busy and think I've got these five things to do in the next half an hour, if I were to spend some time just being, just to stop, be still, and just be in the moment, let my mind settle, be quiet, I'd approach those things in a very different way. I'd probably work out some I don't even need doing or do it done in a different way. I'd be far more productive and effective with far more ease and well-being. Your busy mind, my thinking says, oh, I haven't got time to stop. I haven't got time for that. But it's an example where actually our, our wisdom, our instincts gives all the, all the solutions we need. We get solutions to problems we're not actively thinking about it when we're in the shower or going for a walk or driving, you have space for new thinking, space for fresh insights. That's your instinct, that's your intuition, that's your wisdom. So the first thing to recognise is that our analytical thinking is far less useful than we think. What if you don't need it? What if you didn't need it? What if there's something deeper within you? and the thing is i for a long time didn't trust i did for a long time i didn't trust i had innate wisdom i remember my first mentor jack bransky i distinctly remember the conversation we were walking in london and he said well he talked about this kind of thing called innate wisdom i said but i don't feel i am wise i think i have to think things through because i don't feel i have this innate wisdom i can trust and it's helped me see that it's not even my wisdom I have to trust. That we're connected to something far bigger than ourselves. The energy of life that's loving and kind. And it's got our back. It's got our back. That when we're in the state of flow, we're connecting to something bigger than us. It's not even our wisdom we have to trust. It's not us that works it out. It just flows through us. And that a spiritual being is having a physical experience. If you feel uncomfortable with the kind of spiritual side of that, then another way of seeing it is that our logical, cognitive, logical, analytical mind is like a computer. A laptop computer can process data we can't dream of processing in our head. But the Google data service can process data in a way as a laptop can never dream of doing. The Google Data Servers can find trends in data the laptop could never find. And when we let go of things out of our analytical mind, they drop from our logical, cognitive, laptop mind into the Google Data Servers, our unconscious mind. Something bigger that processes information in a very different way, that finds solutions in creativity and inspiration that we can't find in our logical cognitive thinking. So what if you didn't need your logical cognitive thinking? Well, it's often fueled by fear. Often fueled by fear. And our soul, our wisdom is love. It's love in its purest form. And sometimes if I'm struggling to sense my truth in a situation, I might ask myself, what would love do in this situation? What would love do in this situation? And also, I find my logical cognitive thinking is in my head. And my wisdom, my truth is in my body. For me, it's in my gut. Some clients find it in their heart, some in their solar plexus, some in their stomach, some deeper in their gut. Often it's somewhere in their body, not in their head. So I might breathe into my belly, breathe into my gut. And just ask myself, what would love do in this situation? What would love do in this situation? Or sometimes I might ask clients, what would you do if you could act with or without fear? What would you do if you could act with or without fear? So fear is just not relevant. If it's there or not there, it just doesn't matter. So if you're wrestling with a situation and a decision and you're finding it hard to find your truth, ask yourself, what would love do? What would you do if you could act with or without fear? Loving you.